does happen in the world. I'm your host, the Wizard of the Wise, Benji Wozniak. And this week, me and Kira will be talking about Bloody Hell, numerous killers throughout uh, Massachusetts history. And I'm going to start out with Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden was 32 at the time of the murders. Uh, she was born July 19th, 1860 in Fall River, Massachusetts, where she also died on July 1st, 1927. Her father, Andrew Jackson Borden, was a real estate developer and manufacturer and investor. He started out as an undertaker. This guy cut the feet off the corpses to put them into smaller boxes to save money. Wow, that's a kind of crazy. I can't imagine that. Well, they were calling him frugal and cheap. I was calling him like sick. That's kind of demented, but well, you know, it, it is what it is. His birth, her birth mother, Sarah, died early in Lizzie's life in 1862. She does have a sister named Emma, and her stepmother, Abby Gordon, uh, they married two years after the first mother died. So she was kind of like really quick into being married to him. Wow, that is like a real quick turnaround. Maybe that led to some trauma on Lizzie's end. Well, she clearly didn't like it. I mean, she, you know, of course, you know, you, you can't replace your mother. And she kind of took like a little objection to it. Um, they did have a servant, uh, Bridget, who was 26 from Ireland. And um, they lived in a small house. Despite all the money this guy made, he, he was really frugal. He lived in a small house, no plumbing. The guy like literally had no plumbing. No yep. plumbing? No running water? No. No, they they washed in basins downstairs and, and had like a, a commode thing where they shit and pissed. It was uh, gross. I would, kill, I would kill him too, my God. Yeah, he had the money to he had the money to upgrade. <laughs> this guy had money. He was he was considered very rich at that time. And um, so one of the possible motives why Lizzie Borden killed supposedly killed never proven that killed her father and stepmother is the fact that um, Abby's um, family member got fell on hard times and he had purchased a house for this person and put it in Abby's name. And Lizzie and Emma felt that they might be ousted for the money. Oh, so money does rule everything around us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were not happy about that. Uh, he did buy them a house of their own to rent, but they put most of the money that was coming from the rent into refurbishing the house, so they didn't like it. So he ended up buying it back from them for like double the amount that he paid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they got over. I mean, I, I don't see... Yeah. yeah, I mean... They did die. They did die, so... Yeah, yeah, the parents did die. So on August 2nd, 1892, the family became really ill. Like, and, and Abby went to the doctor and said, listen, I think we're being poisoned. And uh, he said, well, what did you eat? And she said, we had day old fish that was left out uh, warm and tempered. He was like, no, it's food poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> they were really, day old fish. he demanded not waste, not, he did not waste anything. He literally kept everything. You had to like eat leftovers. He was really, really conservative with his money. So a person fitting Lizzie's description went to a prescription do um, place to get um, prescriptions. And she asked for this chemical that was basically a poison. And the pharmacist said, look, I can't give you this unless you have a doctor's prescription. She said, well, it's to seal a uh, sealskin cape. And he was like, no, you can't have it. They couldn't prove that it was her, but they said the prescription fit her. So, you know, the poisoning kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, but also at some point I feel like men will be like, oh, yeah, all ladies look exactly alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, at the time, it was Victorian time. So I mean, basically, they had the same hairdos. They wore the same dresses. So, you, I mean, you can't really say it was or wasn't. But it was a small town, and it's hard to say it wasn't her. I mean, it, give or take. I sure. mean, so on August 3rd, Lizzie goes to a friend's house. And she says, um, I'm really concerned about my father. I feel that his business transactions and the people um, are going sour and that someone's going to harm him. Exactly. So the friend is kind of, you know, like, what are you talking about? She's like, I just feel something really bad is going to happen to father. And um, father, father. <laughs> so go figure. Um, so the same night, um, her uncle comes, which is John Morris. And it's Sarah's brother. 
and he spends the night. But he actually leaves first thing in the morning, so he has no real connection to this except the fact that he's the brother and he did spend the night that night. Uh, okay. Which it does play into this. It does. It comes back. Everything comes Everything back. Everything comes back. <laughs> so the next morning, he leaves, and then Andrew goes to like check on the houses and stuff that he owns. He went down to the town. He wants to see his properties, make sure everything's going all right. You know, he's, he's a businessman. So Bridget, the servant, becomes violently ill, just like the family. So, uh, like, so yeah. Maybe something was in the food. I, I don't know. But if there was, it definitely like comes back because she gets violently ill. But even though she's ill, Abby tells her, hey, I need the windows outside and inside cleaned. Yeah, right? I mean, the girl's throwing up. She's sick and you're still making her. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Respect your workers. Right? So, yeah, there was no, no love back then. <laughs> so still no love now. <laughs> no, there's not. But I'm not cleaning windows inside now if I'm sick. The hell with that. So, Abby says, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to fix the, um, the room, the guest room that this is happening. So supposedly Lizzie is ironing scarves, right? I mean, she's really like, this is like a nice family. Like, like she was a, a substitute teacher. I mean, she was like a high society person. Now, Abby weighs about 200 pounds. So Lizzie is under the room that Abby is supposed to be cleaning. Whoever killed her came in, hit her with an axe in the front. As she spun around, she hit her eight more times in the back of the head. Abby falls. Boom. Right. Lizzie heard nothing, supposedly. Well, that doesn't make sense. You would hear a woman falling. Right. Regardless of weight, you would hear a woman fall. Right. And they actually took a 200-pound like, bag and tossed it to the ground, see what it would do, and it like shook the house. Yeah. Like, yeah, Lizzie. All right. What were you in? An isolation chamber? Give me a break. Yeah. So it, it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, she's saying she didn't hear nothing and was unaware of what happened. So Bridget comes in, and she goes back up to the attic because she's not feeling well. She's sick. And she hears Andrew coming in. Like, and he's struggling with the locks because downstairs he had three locks on the door. So he never locked all three locks. But for some reason, all three locks are locked. And she heard Lizzie coming down the stairs laughing. The stairs where obviously you would see into the guest room and the mother being, stepmother being dead. Okay. So he comes in, she's laughing, and he doesn't feel, he's tired. He's like, I really want to rest. So he goes and he lays down on the couch in the sitting room, right? Now, at this point in time, someone came in and hit him nine times in the face with a hatchet. And a hatchet is different from an axe? Well, see, they say axe. Like, I know the poem says uh, Lizzie Borden had an axe, gave her mother 40 wax when she saw what she had done, gave her father 41. As you can tell, they weren't exact numbers, and a hatchet is considered a hand axe. So they didn't. Okay, so I just didn't know there was a difference. Yeah, so it's it's, uh, an axe is like a big handled thing where, like, you swing and cut down trees. A hatchet is, like, smaller, and you can, like, cut wood, and, like, it's not as big. So it's easier to maneuver. Uh, She would not have been able to lift a full axe, though. I mean, not to, yeah. not to discriminate against women, but at that time, and yeah, eight times in a row, yeah, full work, yeah. So, so basically, this person, like Andrew's face, was caved in. Like there was no, his eye was hanging out, like destroyed. Lizzie, now here's the thing about this: on both occasions, blood spatter would have been everywhere, and it would have got all over this person. Yeah, yeah, no, because. Blood, yeah, blood comes out from your arm. Yeah, and the amount of damage done to both people, like they would, whoever did this would have been covered in blood. Eight to nine times, that's a lot. Yeah, and then the, you know, the face, I mean, like hitting him in the face and blood coming everywhere. So this plays in later. So this is why I'm calling it bloody hell because like this is so much blood that would, would have been all over these people. It's ridiculous. So I continue. So Andrew gets butchered. Now, when asked by the police where she was, Lizzie comes up with a couple of different stories. One is that she went into the um, the garage to get uh, a weight to go fishing. Yeah, yeah, this is okay. what she's telling people. Yeah, then she changes this to, I went in there to eat pears. So, 
in the garage. In the garage. Yes, that's where they stored them. So she changed her story a couple of times. Now, the crime scene has been totally like contaminated. People are all over the crime scene. They actually cover the bodies with um, cloths, which you're not supposed to do. I didn't know this. I've seen too many crime scene uh, things. I guess you're not supposed to cover the bodies with cloth that, that tampers with the evidence. But like it was a, a shit show for like that time period because they didn't have like all the stuff they have now, like DNA and things like that. So they just basically went in there and they like you know poked around and there's a see there's a picture of abby and it looks like she's kneeling but it's really not um a cop found her and her skirt was up which was indecent at the time so he shifted it to make it look like so she she'd be presentable so it makes a, an illusion that she's kneeling but she's really not she's like face down oh that's interesting yeah so it was really that's kind of really like really cool not cool not cool she got butchered but like the not illusional cool. yeah so a full search wasn't done until 32 hours after the bodies were found. Well, then all the evidence is gone. I e- know that. Exactly. And then Emma and Lizzie weren't questioned until three days after the thing. First of all, time to get your stories together. Time to make up lies, alibis. This, these police really fumbled the bag. Yeah, they dogged this. So then Abby and um, Lizzie, like, I mean, not, not Abby. Emma and Lizzie, when they're asked about, you know, Abby, they're like, that's not my mother. Well, yeah, it's stepmom, but yeah. still. Yeah, so, like, they, like, are totally, like, that's not my mother, even though she's killed. But they used to call her mother until, like, re- recent events happened. So things changed drastically when it comes to that. Money changes people. Right? Now, during this situation, Lizzie is stone cold. No emotion. Doesn't cry. I mean, has no kind of, like, you know, oh, my God, my father or anything. Like, nothing like, she's just like, yep, yeah, it happened. They're dead. I mean, she's really, like, and that kind of throws red flags, you know, because they're like, well, wait a minute. You know, you, yeah, your father's dead. You got butchered and you were in the house. Now, mind you, this is happening while everybody's in the house. So she's trying to make people believe that someone came in the house, killed the mother, killed the father while she was there and never knew nothing. And left her to be? That doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, and totally left her, like didn't kill her. Didn't kill her? What? So now, when the search is done, they find a pail of bloody rags in the basement. Who had access to the basement. Right? But Lizzie says it's because she's menstruating. Fair. Okay. So they don't, they really don't question that. Like they question it, but they don't question it. Because men are afraid of periods. They're probably like, blood? What? (laughs) So what happens is during this time period, Lizzie burns a dress. She says it was covered in paint. Exactly. So she's saying it's covered in paint and it's like her and um, Emma burn this dress. Because they don't know how to clean? This is confusing. Yeah. So this is like looking really bad. So when they go to trial, right, the jury that's selected is all men because women weren't allowed to be on juries at that time, right? Yeah, I, it's right. Yeah, it's, it's the time period. So they did find an axe handle in the cellar also, which was covered in ash and it was also broken. So when asked about this, you know, the experts say that it was recently broken. You know, so I don't know how they know that, but they said it was recently broken. Now at the trial, they bring in the skulls of Abby and Andrew. Okay. Well, they're not. They don't have. Forensics back then. <laughs> what are they gonna do with the skulls? <laughs> to show the damage that's done to the the, oh, pr- the okay. brutality of the of the, the situation, which is bad. So I mean, but then during this whole trial, like they can't prove that she did it. They can't prove that she was there. And basically, she looks like a, you know this sweet little girl, like little woman. She's thirty two, but but she looks nice. You know, she looks like a well presented woman. So she's actually acquitted because they believe women can't do the damage done during this this brutal murder honestly shout out the stupidity of men <laughs> right so so she gets off and the crowd goes crazy because like they're happy for her yeah right they're like yay because you know they don't think that she did it so she ended up inheriting three hundred thousand dollars at the time which today's value is ten million 
dollars. So she ends up immediately moving from the the crappy house to a right. nice house at like a mansion. And Emma and her like spend the time the rest of the time together. And then something happens and Emma disowns her. Like just leaves. Doesn't talk to her no more. Yeah. And um so Lizzie actually becomes the bad person. Like then people start realizing, wait a minute, there's no other person to, to like blame. Yeah. Who else can we blame? And basically they come up with those poems, you know, Lizzie Borden had an axe, gave her mother 40 whack when she saw that she had done, gave her father 41. So she ends up changing her name to Lizbeth. Yeah, she doesn't want to be Lizzie no more. She changed her name to Lizbeth. And um, in 1975, there's a movie made called The Legend of Lizzie Borden, and it stars Elizabeth Montgomery, who was bewitched. And let me tell you, I've seen this movie when it came out, and I loved Bewitched because Samantha Stevens, I was like, oh, she's so cute, blah, 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 blah. And I saw this movie, and I was like, oh, my God, Samantha Stevens, evil. <laughs> How could this lady with the be so evil? I'm like, oh, my gosh, she hacked these people to death. So it, it really messes up your mind and her sister is actually played by Catherine helmond who we'd mentioned in time bandits she's the ogre's wife so that kind of continues in and elizabeth montgomery is actually related to lizzie borden through a man in massachusetts named john luther shut up yeah that's why she took the role she was like i i can really embody this i have background history so morbid and let's go to court and True Triumphs of Seth also do podcasts on this if you want to know more about it. And I suggest you look into this because it's, it's still a hundred years later. It's still an unsolved mystery. And the crime was brutal. I mean, the amount of blood that had to be on this person. So in this movie, this is their theory of what happened. They feel that Lizzie Borden got undressed, killed her mother, washed off in a basin, went downstairs, emptied it, and then got dressed again. When her father came home, she looked presentable, got undressed again, butchered her father, and then washed off again. I don't know. That seems like so much covering up to do when, if you're going to kill your dad anyways, and already plan to burn a dress. Like, I, I just don't know. I mean, like, it's a, it's a mystery. Literally, literally, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. But can't you visit the Borden house? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's actually a, a bread, a bed and breakfast, and you can actually go there, and uh, I won't. I won't. Yeah, uh, I might get stabbed. Right? I don't do ghosts. Uh, <laughs> just telling you. And it's like, you know, I do, like, little parodies. And uh, I did one, like, it's called, Oh, Lizzie, you committed the crime. You committed the crime that blew my mind. Oh, Lizzie. <laughs> oh, Lizzie. <laughs> like, hey, Mickey. Oh, Lizzie. So, so I do suggest you guys investigate this crime because it is really fascinating. The, 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 the mishandling of evidence that's done in this is just ridiculous. And the fact that this woman, if she, I, I believe she committed the crime. I do. I, just, all the evidence points to the fact that she butchered these people and got the money. So Yeah, she profited the most from it. She wanted this money, and then she got it. <laughs> so that's my bloody hell this uh, this week. What is yours? So mine is actually, so I'm more from New Hampshire than Massachusetts. So I did the Connecticut River Valley Killer, which was a killer in Claremont, New Hampshire, who killed between 1978 and 1987. Kind of crazy. Also very violent crimes. He was a stabber. I kind of tried to think of something in theme with the bloody hell. So I thought that that was really fun. So there is now this crime still unsolved due to a lot of mishandling of evidence by the police i will say they really fumbled the bag on this one but it is about so this killer the connecticut river valley killer one of the only new hampshire serial killers killed seven women confirmed but then there are other cases that surround it that could also be this one person so um i could go i mean do i should we go through all the... I don't know. I don't have enough time to go through all the victims. Usually, look up. It's really crazy, fascinating. But so the first time that happened was in Claremont, New Hampshire. Three women go missing. And then in 1985, and then a year later in 1986, the remains of the first two women are found within a thousand feet of each other. Like, 
so this was like this dude's dump site and they both had 27 stab wounds and like this was the way that he was killing them and then 10 days later the third remains of the girl were found same thing stabbed in the same vicinity now this one wasn't as close as the first two but it was in the same vicinity so that kind of was like the, the these three disappearances and murders were what kind of jump-started the cops and to everyone thinking that this was a serial crime because what we first see the first documented victim is from 1978 and she this woman was photographed birds up in new london new hampshire and like this way this is what's really crazy i'm gonna sidetrack for one second is that when you think of new and i don't know this you think like white mountain idyllic maple apples like, what do you think? That basically nails it. Like, But I, I'm older, so I think a man of the mountain. Yeah, and things like that. You know, ski resorts. You know, uh, uh, deer, bear, country. Yeah. So imagine this woman. She's just out there photographing the birds, having a good old time. Gets abducted, stabbed 29 times. Oof, brutal. Oof. Yeah. Brutal. That's a tough one, right? Overkill. Overkill. It's like, for what, dude? And then, so then the next one happened three years later in 1981. And this woman was hitchhiking on the I-91. No. I-91 is going to play a big part in this because this killer actually kills up and down this 255-mile stretch of highway. And it's called they're called the Connecticut River Killer because that's how Connecticut River is, which is the longest river in New England. Did you know that? Well, I did not. <laughs> Just some fun facts fun about facts, New England. Fun facts. We're, we're, we're here for you people. We're here for the fun facts, y'all. Facts. <laughs> so the second victim was killed off of I-93 because she was hitchhiking. And then in 1984, we had our third victim. Actually, in 84, we had two victims. Both were nurses. One was hitchhiking, last seen by her boyfriend's uh, mom. And the other one was a woman using a payphone in Claremont. So what's interesting is that both of these women were nurses in some way. And this ties into one of the main suspects' leads. Actually, more than half of these victims were nurses or women in power in hospitals or like over men in some ways. So in 1985, there's another killing separate from the first three that we talked about. And then there is... Um, the last killing in 198. Well, first there's an attack that may or not, or may or may not be connected because it's the same MO, but it happens in broad daylight in this woman's home. So they get a sketch together, but the sketch composite gets no idea. Just crazy. Imagine getting killed in the middle of your in the middle of your yard, 2 p.m. All your neighbors are watching. No one catches the dude. Your husband finds you when he comes home from work at four. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. I can see my wife getting away with it though. I do. She watches. <laughs> listen, she watches a lot of these true crime things. She's all about you know like uh, morbid and true crime obsessed. So I think if she wanted me off, and all of a sudden this podcast becomes widowed Wozniak happening, you know what happened? <laughs> yeah, we're actually gonna just kill you and take over the show. <laughs> no one will ever find it. Right. <laughs> Driving around with me in the trunk. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then in 1987, we come to our last known victim. And this woman, she was, again, coming back from a ski trip in Vermont on the I-91. It was a really bad snowstorm. So this is important. It was a really bad snowstorm. So she was only 10 miles away from her house. But for some reason, she pulled off to a rest stop and stopped. A snowplow found her car, looked inside to see if there was an owner, and the car was like there was like blood on the steering wheel and stuff so he called the cops she was she was gone so this happened in january they found her body in march in a different town in vermont stabbed 29 times same thing so it's like this dude's just up and down up and down so the last so that was in 87 and then in 88 a woman was attacked same mo at a rest stop pulled from her car stabbed attacked 
but she got away. She fought him off and was able to survive. Drove to her friend's house and the car that attacked her followed her. She gave the, the cops a description of this guy and the first three of his license. I mean, his, um, yeah, your license plate? Yes, yeah, license plate. license plate. Couldn't find it. Are you freaking kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's awesome. But then the case goes cold because the killing stopped. So that's why people think that was the end of it. Yeah. Was with them. So the main suspect is a guy named Michael Nicolio. Nicolio. I don't, I can't pronounce it. Just like you said it. Yeah. Nicolio. You know? <laughs> Whatever. So he is the biggest suspect. Um, Actually, one of his friends on his deathbed com- confessed. That, now, this guy was a paraplegic. And he said that Nicolio and two friends picked him up. And they were driving around partying. And they actually killed um, the final victim. So they confessed. He literally, this was a deathbed confession. And then they still can't run the cops. The New Hampshire State Police still haven't run the DNA evidence to connect this dude to seven plus crimes. Are you kidding me? So yeah, he's not caught, but it's probably this dude who killed himself in 2005. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, like stabbing is very personal. So this is it's some kind personal. of rage. Like, you're like, like with Lizzie Borden with the axe. This is rage. This is, you absolutely hate these people and there's got to be a reason for both like lizzie's of course uh, you know stepmother probably going to lose the inheritance um, but this guy i mean it seems like he has something against nurses yeah he does so his background a little bit is he's a vietnam war vet who does have ptsd so they believe that he um was in and out of hospitals a lot and kind of like hated women i mean in later in the 80s i think around 88 or 89 he actually did kill his wife and stepdaughter but kept his stepson alive. oh that's fair right yeah that's fair that's, that's not sexist that's not suspicious or weird yeah that's kind of he moved to florida and killed himself so i mean this is this is what i don't get and because we see this in a lot of true and in a lot of crimes is when we have a man who want who wants like to kill someone else and then kill himself just kill yourself bro don't put anyone else through it yeah well i take them with you what, what, you hate him enough to kill him. Why take him with you? Oh, right. I hate it. So yeah, this crime's still unsolved, but crazy, brutal murders in New Hampshire. And then you think of. And he moved to Florida. Go figure. Florida, man. Florida, Florida man. He's probably the one on bath salts. Jesus. No offense, Florida. I All the offense, Florida. Y'all are crazy. <laughs> But that, it is crazy, like, you know, I mean, to, to have that mindset where, like, these people have to die. Have to die. Like, imagine just enacting all that violence onto a person. Like, no. I don't even want to, like, I mean, I will physically fight someone, but I don't want to. No, I don't. Like, the amount of blood that was on these people, like, you know, they probably covered in it. And, like, like I get a I get a hangnail and I'm, like, crying like a girl. Like, no fa- Oh, I can't even say that politically incorrect, but I'm crying a lot. <laughs> I'm like, no, but it's, like, so true. Also, I don't like the feeling of blood. Like, yeah. it's, it's gross. It's gross. I know, but it, I'm not a killer. I don't have that psychosis. Yeah. And it smells. Like, I used to work with meat and stuff, and then, like, the iron, when it, like, ferments, it's just so gross. The smell of blood is just so gross. I mean, it's not something that you go seek. Ew. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> So on these events, like about murders and stuff, recently, uh, April 21st, 2022, uh, just one day and Stephen Reed were in Marsh Loop Trail, Concord, New Hampshire, and they were shot multiple times. Roughly eight murders with the same MO has happened over the last few years in New Hampshire and Maine area. So do we have a new serial killer? The police and experts are not ready to confirm that it is a serial killer. It's a serial killer. But they're not killer. ready to confirm this. It's a serial killer. So if you're in the area or if you live in this region, don't go hiking on any trails. Uh, At least alone. Yeah. They're saying lock your doors and stay in, but they're not doing it in the houses. They're doing it on trails. Yeah, because you're untraceable on a trail. I've gone hiking in the White Mountains. Yeah. Well, I, no one can find you. No, I wouldn't suggest it now because this person is killing people. Like, That's crazy. Like, 
And um, it's just really sad. It's really sad that, you know, this family went out for a casual stroll and were murdered. Murdered. I mean, yeah. one one day you're here and one day you're not. It's like, were, were you in, working in New Hampshire in the time of the Mount Vernon murders? Uh, no. Oh, those were brutal. So it was, I don't know um, if we have any New Hampshire listeners out there. Um, Mount Vernon, New Hampshire, right next to um, Amherst and Milford. Um, I think it was 2007 or 10. I was I was still in high school. Um, there were these crazy murders. This group of, this a gang, I will call them a gang. Gang of kids broke into this house, killed this woman, just hacked her up for no reason, robbed it, and then killed the daughter. Do- well, tried to kill the daughter cut off her leg, and she pretended to play dead until the cops came. Still alive, still kicking, but talk about brutal. That, like, shock. So I'm from a town a few a few over, and it sent shockwaves when it happened because everyone was, it was the same thing. It was like, lock your doors. These people are coming. Yeah, it's like the Tate Bianca murders in, in California. I mean, same exact thing. They broke in and killed these people. I mean, like, butchered them. Killers are out there. Yeah, you got to be careful. You don't, you never know. And, like, I, we, I work on one, um, well, I did on Saugus, and that travels all the way up to New Hampshire, all the way down to Florida. They say that, like, working on that strip, you'll come across at least one to two serial killers a year on that strip. That makes sense because aren't a lot of serial killers, not saying all truckers are serial killers, but a lot of them tend to be because of the transient lifestyle. Yeah, and the the easy transportation from one location to another. They can just, tra- like, haul butt down the highway and, like, dump the body and, like, you know, they, if they kill someone in New Hampshire, throw it in the car, bring it all the way down to, like, say, uh, Massachusetts and drop the body. They don't have to, like, be located where they killed the person. That's so crazy. I mean, that's so crazy. And, I mean, so many people get away with murder every day. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And um, back to this one in New Hampshire that's just going on, I, I thought ballistics would indicate who was doing this you this is yeah okay this is what i don't understand how do we have so much technology and so much funding to for these people to catch them and then no one gets caught yeah my wife was saying that the person could make their own bullets oh yeah you can actually 3d print yeah, bullets You're yeah right. or um or and she said that he probably has some kind of military training and um you know she like i said she's really into this and when i first read this article i was talking to her and they didn't say just wendy they just said wendy and steven so I was talking to her and she said, well, most killers stay in their race. Like, you know, if it's a, right. they don't go out and venture out of the race. So she goes, it's probably a white guy um, that's doing this. But then I found the real name, which was Diswendi. And then she was like, oh, well, that throws a whole new wrench in it. You know, she's like, because this person was black. So you, you just don't know. You don't know. But most serial killers are white guys. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not that like you like the fact that that's true, but it's true. Wait, white people are nuts. White people but, are insane and they feel like they can get away with it. Right. But um, except for the the one girl in Florida that was doing all the um, the killers, the killings. Um, she she was a serial killer in Florida. She killed all those men. Oh, Aline Warnos. Yeah, but she was killing men that were harming women. So I think she gets a pass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. She did kill a lot of people. And uh, I did watch the movie, and it was uh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Monster. Yeah, it was so it good. was a good movie. Charlie, shout out Shirley, Charlize Theron. She does an incredible job in that. Yeah, I believe. Also, Nicole Ricci, I think, did a remake of the Lindsay Borden uh, murders. Christina Ricci. Sorry, Nicole, if there's a Nicole there's Ricci. No Nicole. All right, so Christina Ricci. <laughs> so I'm old and I'm not up to these new actresses and actors. So I'm just sorry. I'm okay, sorry. Christina Ricci was Wednesday Adams. You know who she is. 
oh, that was, oh, okay. I do know who she is. <laughs> okay. Relax there. You know who she is. Right. So, all right. I'm not that old. Uh, but um, I hope you guys enjoyed this week. And uh, if you like us, please hit the like and subscribe and share. Share share our, share share our stuff. And um, like our new setup's coming. We got, like you can see, we've got a table now. We're going to have a banner. And we're growing. And the fact that you're watching us and growing with us is important. Because, you know, we want you to be a part of this as part of the family. You know, you're the was happening family. We can't do this without you. Yeah. Also, we're going to do a giveaway next week. So stay tuned. we got some merch coming. Yep, we do. And then also next week, we're going to be doing a, a, a Zoom chat with an author. Oh, yes. An author. Miss whose book I have to finish. Yeah, Miss ha- Haas. <laughs> yeah, Grace Haas. Yeah. So if you know it, Grace Haas, we will be having her on the show and we'll be going over one of her books. So yeah, her newest book, um, self-published. Yep. Yeah. Can't wait to have her on. Can't wait to discuss it. It'll be fun. And this week's going to be a good week, too, because after we get off the air, we're going to have Ben and me do one about the Celtics and the Patriots. Anybody that doesn't like the Celtics and Patriots, I'm sorry for your loss because we are awesome. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't know that any of this was going on, so... Have fun with that one, boys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> again, thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll be back again next week. And we hope you all enjoyed this. And uh, please look up these these murders because Crazy. they're very interesting. And it's a lot of information that still I didn't share and she probably didn't share that you can look up and just like it's very fascinating. Absolutely. And again, thank you guys for listening. I hope you have a gorgeous week and we'll see you next week. All right. So please sure to tune in next week to What's Happening.